So I want you to go to, Gal or to Joshua chapter 1. Ever so quickly, good morning, everybody. Another hot summer's day in o Oklahoma. Amen to everyone watching online. If you're vacationing, have a wonderful time. Praise the Lord. Amen. I know that these are great days. Everybody shout it out. Great days. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many people knows that going to the Word is not the time to go to the bathroom? Hallelujah. Go to the, go, go when, but don't go when it's the word, because this is the part that's going to shift. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Joshua 1 tells us that there was a changing. Moses was dead. Now we have Joshua coming. There's lots that I could say about Joshua. One of these Sundays, I'm going to take you into that and to show you different things about Joshua. But like you and me, he was just a simple invite, in, invitee to the table. And uh, God had a plan. God always has a plan, and he's looking for someone to work with him in it. Amen. So all the years, Joshua took his training for the plan seriously. Never wanting it and gladly serving the greater but yet ultimately a time would come where he would take. Him and Caleb, Joshua and Caleb were of a different spirit. Everybody say that with me, a different spirit. And I keep yourself in faith as I minister this word. Because we're going to give our tithes and our offerings. We're going to pray for people at the end of this service. Because I believe there's a shift that has taken place. Now, Moses was faced constantly with murmurings, agitations of the people. You would think after 400 years, I want you to listen to me, please, youngest to the oldest. You would think after 400 years, the people would absolutely be delighted just to get free. And that momentarily their conversations would change. In the positive. But yet the freedom, the new found freedom, was short-lived. When it was realized that their freedom now was being challenged by the captor. They were no sooner left Egypt after 400 years because of the plagues and God's delivering power... That the enemy realized what they had lost, so they set sail to get back. Who's going to build Egypt? Who's going to work? Who's going to keep us in the style we're accustomed to? So Pharaoh and the boys realized what they had lost. And so Ezra was no sooner left until the enemy said, I'm going back after them. That's why the enemy comes after you. Because he wants to take you back. He wants the excitement of your deliverance, your freedom, your salvation to be short-lived. And the sooner he can come clicking at your heels to remove the joy of your salvation, then he knows he can weaken you 
from the strength that comes from the joy of the Lord. So the sooner that the enemy can come after you with the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the loss of other things, persecutions and afflictions, please listen to this because I believe this is the word of the Lord. Already in 55 minutes, we have a sense of freedom that some didn't have when they walked in here this morning at 10 a.m. service. And I think about this, that this service was being determined by you this morning, where you're at, how would this service have been? This is where you live. Moms and dads, we set the tone for our homes, not our children. Husbands, spiritual heads, you set the tone for the home, not mom. the truth. So if I was to base this service on one of you, how would it have went today? Because like me, I have to grab myself, even in the midst of tremendous pressure, many times through life, and redirect my gaze. Because everything wants to get my eyes on the dust cloud of the hooves of the horses carrying the enemy that's coming to round my family up and take us back to Egypt. And I don't like this stinking sand and this wilderness, and I don't like camping out at this water with no prospect and just the word of Moses. And so instead of the joy songs, now we have the murmurings. The onions weren't that bad. The leeks, they weren't that bad. I mean, leeks. I'm sure the devil planted leeks. Karen's just saying they're actually very good for you. I mean, it's like, put her in the back row, honestly. (laughs) Everything is going wild. I didn't ask for this. I just came to Millennial. I didn't ask for all this upheaval in my life. But you forget, you had terrible upheaval. You had terrible bondage and you didn't even know it. You just were enjoying onions, leeks, and garlic. And you lived like you were free, but you were under a oppressor. Constantly. And even though you lived like you were free, you weren't. And God, after 400 years, is able to move it. Okay. Here's a window. Moses, get everybody dressed, get their sandals on, cook the lamb, put the blood on the doors, have them ready because we're going. 
That's massive. To have that amount of people do that. Massive. You can imagine the scurrying, the hustling, and the bustling. And they left with all the treasure of Egypt. Now, how did they do that? What'd you say? They gave it to them. But in the cold light of day, a few days after they leave, you realize, sister, that your gold earrings that your grandmother gave you are missing and they're now dangling on the servant's ears. So the enemy twists it. She doesn't deserve to wear your earrings. You can only imagine. The enemy is a genius at getting believers to to buy the lie. You going out there with the gold, having a party, and now you're at the banks of a body of water with a dust cloud in the distance and the enemy's coming to get you, take you back so he can stuff leaks down your throat one more time. And you think it's going to be better this time that you go back to Egypt? It'll be worse because now the enemy will ensure that you are in bondage so deep that you will never get free again. I want you to lift your hand and say, I'm never going back. Come on, everybody, shut it out. I'm never going back. So the agitations, the agitations, Moses is standing weeping at the water. God, what am I going to do? You can read it. What am I going to do? And God says, stop your crying. One translation says this, stop your crying. We'll put all these scriptures up on uh, home group for you. Stop your crying and move this people forward. So what do we say to every parent? Let's stop her crying and move our families forward. Stop crying over your children being in the world. They're coming out of it. Don't even bring it up again. I said, don't even bring it up again. Don't tell another person your son's on drugs. Just don't bring it up again. You just declare that your family seated and clothed and in their right mind and they're coming out of every hellish situation. Stop giving yourself over because your mind is wanting to use your mouth. Moses was under terrible pressure. Let's ditch Moses. Let's just go get on with it ourselves. And yet Moses had went through what he went through, getting people free. And then under the pressure of the people, then Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock. 
In other words, he didn't do it the way God wanted it to do because of the pressure, because of these people. They want water, then give them water. Anybody ever had a moment like that in your life? Don't put up your hands. We'll be here all day. Aren't you glad God didn't do you like he did Moses? Lift your hands and say, thank God for grace. How many people have ever had a moment like that even with your children? I told you not to do that. Be cautious, Dad. Don't let that anger take something out of your child that God is trying to put in. Anger does not correct. Love does. Moving right along. So Moses, in his anger, forfeits his right to take the people into the promised land. And that's big. And not even Moses can stand in front of the Father and say, but it was the people. It's not fair. It was the people. How many people have ever heard at least one person say it was them? Oh, please help me. It's them. They. But not even Moses. That won't work. I'm just trying to help you. So they wander around the wilderness. Sand in your toes for years. Moses dies off, and now it's time for a new moment. Okay, Joshua. Ready? Send the word. We're going in. I sense this so massive in my spirit. That's a word coming from heaven. Is do not abort the plan and the purpose of God. Do not allow the moment of frustration and pressure to cause you to forfeit and abort what God has asked you to take in. I want you to lift your hand and say, I have a destiny. I have a future. It's a great future. It's a great destiny. And my children, my family are going in by faith all the way, 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 all the way. We're going in. We're going in. We're going in. Say it like you mean it. We're going in. We're going in. I'm going to have what God said I could have. I'm going to do what God said I can do. I'm going to be what God says I can be. 
I'm going to Dorostanga Salamaya and Dambrasala Pramanasalaya. I'm going to grow my faith and grow my faith and grow my faith and grow it like a muscle and grow it like a muscle. Amen. I'm telling you, you can't even see it spiritually, but I am buff. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm buff too, baby. Hallelujah. Amen. You are rippling with muscles in the realm of faith in the name of Jesus. And you are a giant, praise God. And you are not to be messed with. And even though you can see the cloud dust in the distance, and even though the clouds are trying to fill up your car and fill up your home and fill up your bedroom, and you've been lying on your bed stinking, thinking for nights, night after night after night, just thinking this, that, I tell you, I just don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know today. You are getting delivered from the donos. Come on, shut it out. I'm getting delivered from the donos. In the name of Jesus, we're going forward. Come on, everybody. Shut it out. I have the spirit of faith. I, therefore, believe. I, therefore, speak. I speak what I believe. I believe. I'm going to make it. My family's going to make it. My children's going to make it. He said, be strong and very courageous. Now I want you to go to Galatians 6, verse 9, please. You all doing okay? You glad you came today? Those five of us will never be the same again. See, Pastor, I don't know. This must just be for you today because I'm doing fine. Well, I'd love to stick two big old, like, sticky prods on your head. And I'd like to follow you around and see what you're thinking day and night. And see truly where you're at. Because you are either faithless, at one time faithful. Where are you now? You're not a product of the church you attend. You're a product of the word you take in your heart. That's right. That's it. That's it. I go to restaurants and probably the same restaurants and they feed me, but I couldn't live off what they feed me. I live off what's cooked at home on a constant daily diet. Amen. The little children will lead them. So Galatians 6, look at this. Galatians 6, verse 9. I want you to hear this. And the Amplified, it says, let us not lose heart. What did God say to Joshua? Be strong. And of good courage. Then he moved on to be strong. And very courageous. Why? Because the same enemy that was coming after Moses 
is the same. Because we don't war against flesh and blood. Pharaoh wasn't acting alone. You must never forget that there are powers of the air. There are demonics that fuel the anti-on. The attack against you, it's not natural. It is from a very dark place. You can never allow your call in God to become a natural perspective. Your call in God is purely spiritual that works its way out into the natural in manifestation of heaven on earth or heaven that replaces hell. A believer's portion is not to live in torment, torture, to live under oppressive climates. We are to rule as kings in this life. We live in a fallen system. Naturally, we want to come under the sway constantly of this present age. But yet Ephesians tells us that we once lived under the sway of this current age, but are now delivered. And then Colossians chapter 1, 13 says that we were transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son and his love. So it's a choice. You can be a child of the kingdom, but yet enjoy the benefits of hell by choice. And everything is at your disposal that heaven has granted. Everything that pertains unto life and godliness, everything has been given to you to appropriate, That's it. to take, to call those things, Romans 4, that be not as though they were. Call those things from the unseen into the seen. Move things from here to there. Not just working your fingers to the bone, but spiritually. You're not supposed to go out there naturally with a big old sledge and take out a mountain. But yet spiritually, by your words, you can take out any opposition that would try to stand in your way. Come on, shut it out. Mountains are moving. Come on, what the enemy wants is to get you into a place where you're... I, uh, 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 mountain move but you're trying to move the mountain with your fleshly agitation mountains don't move because you're under pressure mountains don't move because you're under physical pressure Mountains don't move because you're under mental pressure. Well, if God was really who he was, I mean, he would help me. Well, if God was really who he was, then why didn't he just open the sea and give Moses a break? 
Why didn't he, if he was who he was, just run the giants out of the land? And so that Israel would never have to even fight if God was who he was. Come on, how many people have ever heard that? Well, you know, if God, if, if God, you mean, I don't know why, I don't know why. I, I just don't know why God's not doing it. The next time you hear that come out of your mouth, something of a holiness is going to rise within you and say, that's because you're supposed to do it. The next time you hear yourself say that or somebody else says it is because you're supposed to do it. We know the battle is the Lord's, but he still invites us to the fight. We know the Lord has given us the land, but he has invited us to the possessing. Why? I believe it's the age-old process because if I keep giving you everything that I have and you have no skin in the game, If I just keep giving you everything that I have and you have no skin in the game, then you will never appreciate what it is to own the land. Wave at me if you understand what I'm saying. How many people is ready to get some skin in the game? See, you're getting more frustrated and more frustrated because you just think, well, where's this? Where's that? Where's the other thing? Where's this? Where's that? Where's the other thing? Well, I did do that, or I did do that, or I did go there, and I did do that. But are you still doing it? You did do that by faith, but are you still doing it by? Let's try this section right here. You did do that by faith. Are you still doing it by faith? Because it can shift on you. How many people know? Be honest. It can shift on you pretty quickly. It can shift on you very quickly. One minute you're in faith, and the next minute you're in the works. And it's not faith. One day you were moving mountains by faith. And now frustration is trying to move those mountains. This is a good message. One day you really did believe in physical healing. And you were believing with, oh my God, I'm going to tell you, anything tried to touch you, get off me. How many people can remember that? How many people still doing that? Get off me in the name of Jesus. But some, not here, other places, are trying to do that with willpower. And the enemy loves it because we got them, guys, because they're not in the Word. They're not building their faith. Because unless the gift of faith goes into operation right now, they're going to get more sicker. They're going to get more frustrated. They're going to have to rely on the hand of man. And we got them. And we, by just doing really very little, are causing them to weaken and become Entangled in our grip. Hallelujah. Bear in the spirit with me right now. Whew. 
Come on, Mephibosheth. Even if you were dropped at birth and you were lame, even in the household of Saul, you have been forgotten about. You're dying in a place called Lodibar. But I'm telling you, the blessing is looking for you. You may feel like you have nothing to contribute. You feel like you have nothing to add. But I'm telling you, somewhere, somehow, something of a prayer that you prayed somewhere, somehow, it's still at work. And because of the lineage of faith, and because of our trusting God, and because of something that happened before you ever got here, it's still working in spite of you. Oh, I declare it over you. Something is still working in spite of you. Oh, I want you to lift your hands and say, God's coming after me. In the name of Jesus, I may be in a bad position right now. I may even be in Lodibar right now, but God's coming for me. God is sending a David for me. God has sent a pastor like Paul Brady to reach for me. You cannot justify your unbelief. Don't justify why it's not happening. There's a reason. And a lot of times it's not happening because it's not time. And if we learn the sensitivities of time and we stay in time with a God that is out of time, who is the God of time, then everything is going to work in time like it should. But I want you to shut it out. I refuse to get in the flesh, to get agitated, to get weary. I am strong in the Lord. Oh, I'm preaching now. I am strong in the Lord. I'm telling you every good thing that he has promised me is coming to pass. In the name of Jesus, I may have got down, but I'm getting back up again. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I might have got over in the flesh, but I'm getting back in the spirit. You didn't come into the call of God to die. And freedom was amazing. Freedom, freedom. We're getting free. We're getting free. We're getting free. Come on, Moses. It's building, 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 building. There's a noise. There's a sound going out the camp. Get your shoes on. Get your sandals on. Come on, get yourself a lamb. Get yourself a lamb. Can you imagine the smell of lamb that was happening that night in that city. Everywhere you went, lamb. The smell of cooked. Mm, what a smell. How many people likes a little bit of lamb? How many people's getting hungry? I want you to shout it out. I'm getting out of Lodibar. I'm getting me out of there. I'm getting my mind out of there. Let's go to Galatians 6. Worship team, please come back. It says Galatians 6 9. Let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint and acting nobly and doing right. 
For in due time, everybody shout it out, due time. Now come on, say it like you mean it, due time. How many people believe it's, it's, it's probably due time in your life? Yeah, I don't know, I'm going to ask that again. How many people believe it's, it's probably due time? I'll give you one more time to actually get on that because the spirit of faith is at work. How many people believe it's actually due time? And it says this here, at that appointed season, we shall reap. If we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. Now for weeks, I've been in Joshua with you. And I've been saying this age-old message that everybody knows and everybody's tempted to clock out on because Joshua 1 has been preached so much. But yet when you walk with God in what God has you reading and studying, you begin to see other aspects. And I wish that God would speak to me in an eight-hour period window of study just like, you know, but I'm telling you, God takes what you give him. And then when you're doing something else, it's like he works with you on a field study. And he teaches you as you go. That when the situation arises, we have a decision either to do it with the arm of the flesh or with the might of the spirit. We can either do this with the limitations of the natural or we can do this by the power of faith. So in Galatians 6, 9, it says this again. Let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season, we shall reap if we do not lose, loosen and relax our courage and faint. Now that's powerful. Now I don't know what pressure you're under. But I came to tell you today, this is the turning point. How many people receive it? So I'm not under pressure. You know what? Every single one of us has a, has a place in our lives that we need help. Physically, relationally, mentally, and financially. The financial one is huge. like even when you're physically sick it's like it's nearly like it's always somebody else that can help you but when you're financially sick people don't look at it like that but when you're financially sick it's like there is an oppression that comes with that that just wants to suck the life clean out of you that even though you're good physically you're like the walking dead you have so much pressure with bills, so much pressure with this, so much pressure with that. Parents, so much pressure, schooling. And that financial pressure, I'm telling you, it gets on us. And it makes you want to think things, do things, begin to get into your own power, making decisions. Come on, anybody in this room? 
I'll just do this, I'll just do that, I'll just do this, I'll just do that, I'll, I'll just do what I, 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 and before you know it, you're spinning. How many people understand what I'm talking about? That may not be your situation, but for a very vast percentage of people, that could be said to be the truth. The enemy is constantly working to cause people to lose heart, cause them to grow weary, to cause them to faint, to cause their, them to lose their footing in faith. Start working at other stuff, the stuff that used to build your faith. You don't work at that anymore. You work at other things. I'm going to be honest this morning and say this message could be for you. Just lift your hands right up into the air. It's for all of us. All of us. Because it doesn't matter if you have the greatest of health and a vast wealth, you still need what I'm talking about today. Because you weren't ever supposed to depend on what you could do. I remember Brother Copeland. He was at a conference in the middle of the night. The alarms went off. Brother Copeland's out in the parking lot with his Bible and tartan pajamas. When he was asked, Brother Copeland, you brought your Bible? He says, yes, because if I lose everything else, I can get it back again with this. Hmm? Lift your hands all over this room. It's gone 1129. Come on, worship Some of you in this room watching, you could even be facing deadlines with certain things, and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Family this week contacted us and said, we need prayer for my daughter-in-law, breast cancer. For those that have never received a uh, a phone call like that, you don't know what that is, and you pray to God, you never receive a phone call like that. But Mark 4 tells you that even after this message is preached to you today, the enemy will already be at work, even through your mental processes of justification to try and pluck this word out of your heart so that it will not grow a root. It will not become a full-grown tree that will yield a hundredfold return to you. But I tell you as pastor, I'm not going to let up because every one of us is going to have a tree massive in the inside of us that is going to produce fruit from another world. In the name of Jesus. Kriastum, Frafadasen, Frembenshu, Frafadaskumanzai, 
Menjul padaska nambra padaska nambre astolo borbadaya. Menjula papra padaska nam zonbre apadaska naya. Jerry Savelle said this. The depth of your praise determines the magnitude of your harvest. The depth of your praise determines the magnitude of your harvest. Psalm 67 verses 5 to 7 says this. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase. And God, even our own God, shall bless thee. When is increase coming? When we praise. What does the enemy want you to do? Moan, murmur, complain. Get your eyes on what you don't have. I've spoken to so many different places and so many different people this year already and been so many different conversations and I hear it. Conversations go south. Periodically, you get someone that is speaking sincere faith. Do you know what happened? For the little bit that some had left, COVID tried to suck the rest out. <clears throat> but I want you to shout it out. I'm on my way back. I'm on my way back. I'm on praising right now. There's a corporate anointing right here. Death tried to rob some of you. Sickness tried to rob some of you. Things coming against your body, things coming against your mind, things coming against your finances, things coming against you. Because you made a wise decision to be part of this work, you've got a pastor that's not going to let you stay in Lodi Bar. It's not going to let you stay down there. If you're honest with yourself, you're not going to stay there. You're on your way back. I want you to shut it out. I'm on my way back. Come on, give the devil a nightmare right now. I'm on my way back. Tap your foot a little bit. Amen. Shuffle a little bit. Let the devil know. Amen. That he thought he had you. Amen. But you're on your way back. You know what you've been thinking. You know what you've been talking. You know what conversations you've been in. Worry, anxiety, and care are counterproductive to the desired outcome of the heart. It's amazing. How are we going to get there? First John 5, 4. For, for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. In other words, we got to get back up and stand in faith and stay there. Number two. No matter what happens, we must never stop believing. We must never stop speaking the word regarding our physical healing. We must never stop speaking the word regarding our total life prosperity. And then to do what it is we know to do physically, naturally, in agreement with the word. 
In other words, when it comes to finances, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how hard it gets, you make a decision that I will never stop tithing and I will never stop giving. Say that with me right now. I will never stop tithing and I'll never stop giving. Come on, say it like you mean it. I'll never stop tithing and I'll never stop giving. Malachi 3.10 says, prove me, says the Lord. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, and there shall not be room enough to receive it. Number three, we have to stay focused on the desired end result. James 1.6 says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. If you're wavering a little, then you got to get yourself fortified, stabilized. You got to get more word that God says into you than what you're saying. Because if your conversation is limited, then you need to hear what God has to say so that you can break the power of that limitation. Number four, we must be determined that God is our ultimate source and that He is the final authority in our lives. How many people receive that right there? First Corinthians 8, 6, for us, there is only one God, the Father, who is the source of all things. And number five, once and for all, we have to quit worrying and we must fully trust God. In 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7, it says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. The Amplified says it like this, casting the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, and all of your concerns once and for all in him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. As we come to tithes and offerings today, we have to roll the care of financial pressures over onto the Lord. We have to make a decision to fully trust him for that outcome. I believe with all my heart, we started this year, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How many people still believe in July? That still is the word of the Lord. Come on all over this room, those that are watching online right now. This release our faith. This make a decision today. It changes right now. Say, Pastor, I don't have the willpower anymore. This is not about your willpower. This is believing in His will and His power. This is about putting His will, His power in operation in your life. All we have to do is to agree with our will and put His Word at the center of our being. That means we spend our time. If you're not in a good place today, then you're going to have to spend your time building the spirit of faith back up in your life. You're going to have to build yourself to a place where your mind is again in agreement that God can do all things and that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Say that with me today. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Come on, everybody, close your eyes with me right now all over this room. I want you to search your heart. I want you to search your life. I want you to search with me right now. 
ask yourself some hard questions just momentarily. Locate yourself exactly where you are. This is not a conference. This is church. I'm not a conference host. I'm your pastor. I'm not interested in a, in a three-day strike and getting as many people in here as I possibly can. This is our lives that we're working at. This is bread and butter. This is getting us out of Sunday and into Monday. This is getting us out of Monday into Tuesday. This is getting us out of Tuesday into Wednesday. Victorious every step of the way. And that Micah 7 verse 8 can become your theme song. It can become your anthem. That when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord is my light. I love what the message translation says. Don't crow over me, enemy. I may be down right now, but I'm not out. How many people believe that today is going to change things in your life? Come on, everybody. Release a prayer with me right now. I believe. Come on, I believe. Therefore, I speak. I believe that God is good. I believe that He has a plan. I believe that there's a destiny. I believe that there's a way around here somewhere. I'm not going to mess with these mountains anymore. I'm not going to mess with this pressure anymore. I'm not going to mess with this heaviness anymore. You see, depression, it has to leave. Sickness, it has to leave. Financial sickness, it has to leave. Today, today, today. I said today, today. Now begin to praise Him with me right now. Come on, audibly begin to praise Him. Come on, praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him! Praise Him! Praise Him! Praise Him! Praise Him! This we know We will see the end of miracles This we know We will see the victory
If you've got a Bible, I want you to lift it high. You've got your phone or your device, lift it high. I want everybody in this room, those watching online, I want you to say this with me. I believe that this is the word of Almighty God. It is His promise to me. I believe it. I receive it. I am saved, filled with the Spirit, delivered, sanctified, consecrated, and set apart for the plan and purpose of Almighty God. I am an overcomer, more than a conqueror, and I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I am a believer. I am a child of God. I am the family of God. I am the Saros Takamaya, the son of Almighty God. If you believe that, give him praise. 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 You may take your seats. Many of you over the years have got saved, delivered, set free. You're going to stay that way. You've been in services that you could saved and delivered. You're going to stay that way. Today, in the name of Jesus, we're going to see the power of God, not only physically, but we're going to see the power of God financially. And I want somebody to draw a line today and just say, today changes everything. Because even if somehow, some way you were withholding tithes, release them today. Make a decision. And make a decision today, you'll never withhold the tithe another day in your life. Make a decision. I sense the anointing of God. I believe this service is played out the way God has asked me to play it out. And I'm telling you, I'm not messing around. As your pastor, I believe. But I'm challenged just like you're challenged. And I have to remind myself constantly, just like God had a conversation with me yesterday. Some of you say, Pastor, what happened? Well, again, I went to do, to believe, to do what the Lord asked me to do. And the airlines tried to fight me. Everything's going good until three o'clock yesterday afternoon. The next thing we get a text coming through says our flight is delayed. Well, there's no more flights going out of Charleston, South Carolina. I was there helping the Watsons move in their next stage in birthing their church in Charleston, South Carolina. The Lord had asked us to go be there. It was the most phenomenal thing to watch it. But I tell you, here I was yesterday evening again at the mercy of a commercial airline. And I could just feel everything. Pastor Karn said to me, the flight's delayed. I could feel everything in me begin to curdle. And God began to speak to me. What I told you earlier was my dialogue with the Lord. I said, don't ever think that I come out here and do you in a way that God doesn't do me. Because this is life. And I had a decision 
I could have got so into my flesh because I could feel it. How many people have ever felt that? I could feel it. Doesn't matter if you're flying first class or cattle class. At a moment like that there, it doesn't matter where you're sitting on the plane. If they say it's not going, it's not going. It don't matter. And I could feel it. Karma's in a store. We were there. I was sitting in a chair as a good husband does, waiting on her wife, his wife. Karma said, Paul, what do you think of these? Do you like this? I'm telling you, I was no concerned about what she was looking at. What I was working on with the Lord was, how am I going to get home for tomorrow's service? Because I don't mind coming to Charleston, but my commitment is to the church that I pastor. And I have to get home, and I need to find a way home. So I call people to pray. We're heading to the airport. This thing's getting pushed back. We're in the car. Pastor Carnes says, Paul, it's been pushed back now to 7 o'clock. I knew. I knew deep inside me this plane is not going. I knew it. And somebody from the back, I can't remember who it was. Somebody from the back says, Delta has a flight at 6.15. I said, that's the flight we're going on. I says to American, I says, can you switch us to Delta? They says, no, we can't do that. You have to have a 48-hour window. You have to be actually stuck here for 48 hours before we can move you, 24 to 48 before we'll move you. So I'm on the phone with Jeremy and Lynn. Said, they said there's seats on Delta. We go over to Delta. She says there's two seats. Jeremy was trying to book his side. She says, if you let me get the seats now, I can get them. By the time he does it, they'll be gone. I said, get me those two seats and get me home. That lady helped me so that I could be home here for church this morning. Come on, give the Lord praise and honor and glory. Come on, give the Lord praise. I wasn't looking for another night in Charleston. I wanted to be home with you. I wanted to be in this pulpit because the word of the Lord was burning in my belly. You see, where there's a well, there's a way. And I knew last night there's a way around here somewhere. But I could have been thrown. I could have said, you know what? Get myself into whole frustration. And not even been able to think that there could possibly be another way on another airline. Because I was so mad at American Airlines. And you can look at me and judge me all you want, but you know what? You can get there sometimes too. How many people have ever successfully got there on your own? That Irish shred mist wants to come down, and I'm telling you, they're blessed. I am a saved, sanctified man. And God had a whole dialogue going on with me. Move it. Speak. Take it sorted you will be in that pulpit so whatever you're given today you're not given to your less you're given to your more and he said if you'll praise him then increase will come I walked about that airport last night do you know what happened we got moved on the Delta. Guess what happened to the Delta flight? Got delayed. 
Why did it get delayed? Because somebody going on that flight saw that there were two loose bolts on the wing. I said, two loose bolts? Who has the eyesight when they're flying through the air to look on a wing and see two loose bolts? So we sat there another while. Got home last night, 12.30. I walked, I'm telling you, around Atlanta airport, eating a gyro. Just don't mess with me. This plane is going. Pastor Karen was helping. She says, just walk faster. Because I was down to a crawl. My mind was going so fast and having this dialogue in my spirit that I was down to a crawl. She says, Paul, walk faster. I was like, woman, don't you start on me too. Because you're going on the roof of this airport very quickly. It was the wildest thing. The swirls. I'm talking to the Delta lady at the gate. Where do you hear this? I'm talking to the Delta Eight. Don't come. It's another interference. We take authority over that. I'm talking to the lady at the, at the, at the gate. And I says, we're here for our boarding passes. You know, they said that you would give us our seat assignments at the thing. That's how far down the token pole we were. Just getting home. She says, uh, you'll get them when you go to board. <laughs> the Lord bless you. Strangle you. <laughs> and then out of the, out of the, the noise of the airport, it was crazy. Oh, I heard the F's and the B's of this lady working in Auntie Anne's. The whole airport heard her. Everybody stopped. And the lady at Delta that was being undergirded by the grace of God looked at me and looked at that lady. And that lady threw off her apron and walked out from behind Auntie Anne's. And I'm telling you, she gave it all the way down, that concourse. I was like, Lord, what is it that I'm doing wrong? Or what is it that I'm actually doing right? I'm just trying to get home to preach a message. But you see, crazy fools get into this. Well, you know what? You shouldn't have went to Charleston, you know? Maybe that wasn't the will of God, you know? But it was absolutely the will. And I told the devil in the middle of Atlanta airport, I am going home to sleep in my own bed. So I don't care how this works out. I am going home to my own bed. And I get into my bed this morning at 1245. I said, thank you, Jesus. There is a God after all. Yeah. 